It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off the Leash. It sure is. A very good morning to you. Trent Mason Elder in the host chair again. And uh, what a busy week it's been in the world of greyhound racing. Joining me as they do each and every Tuesday morning is Andrew Copley and Molly Haynes from JV Team. Welcome. Good morning. Morning, Trent. Gee, it's been a busy week right around the country. Bendigo, oh. Brisbane, uh, WA, all over the place. It doesn't stop. <laughs> it has been uh, crazy. Let's get stuck in. We've got a, let, a lot to get through. And we'll start off at uh, Bendigo with the Bendigo Cup on Friday night. And it was a first-class field that came together for the Group 2 final. And the WA flying speeds to their Vanderwarp leading all the way to win by two lengths over Black Forge and Big Flood, Andrew. Yeah, that's right, Trent. It was simply a case of early pace winning the day for Vanderwarp, who's trained... Over there in WA by Chris Helse, one of the leading trainers from Western Australia. Now, this was such an even betting race. There was eight absolute gun dogs in this field. Big Flood was the favourite at $3.60. Vanderwarp third in betting at $5.80, while seven of the eight runners were paying $11 or less, would you believe? So, as we mentioned, very, very even indeed. Vanderwarp collected a first prize of $47,000 and took his record to 27 starts for 15 wins and $115,000 in prize money. A couple of interesting facts from out of the uh, the Bendigo Cup. It's not often the Vicks are upstage, Molly and Trent, but the uh, the two interstaters in the field ran first and second. Vanderwarp, of course, from WA. Black Forge from New South Wales. The Quinella there paying $33, and the Exacta $67. But those on course had a, had a massive night, a lot of fun, uh, in particular those that took took part in the Punters Club run by RSN's very own James Vandermatt. Now, for $10, $10 a ticket, James got him a return of $28.20. He had $125 each way on Vanderwarp at around $8. He tipped the Benigo Cup trifecta in order. That paid almost $300. And, look, if you are at a country cup around Victoria and James is running the Punters Club, I can strongly advise you to invest with a $10 ticket because... Even if he doesn't win, he's just so entertaining. He's the voice he is. of Greyhound He's racing. great, isn't he? He's great for the sport. <laughs> Absolutely. And Molly, Vanderwoop had a very big fan club out there at the Benigo Cup. Yes, he sure did. They were cheering very loud. He is owned by a syndicate of 16 owners, and they're from WA. Now, they're old school friends, too, which makes it all the more interesting. But three of the 16 made the trip to Bendigo for the Cup. They made plenty of noise as he crossed the finish line out in front. And I do believe there's whispers he's going to return to Victoria for the Shepparton Cup, which is next month. Mm, not confirmed, but let's hope so. Yes. Uh, that would be exciting. He's very, very smart. We also had the Winter Cup at Albion Park on Thursday night. Mapunga Blazer was the red-hot favourite after his 29-41 track record in the heat. But unfortunately, it didn't go to plan for Mapunga Blazer and Jeff Britton. But uh, jury off the red, the local dog, the national sprint champion for Tony Brett. That's six out of the past eight Winter Cups for Tony Brett. Phenomenal performance, Molly. Oh, it sure is. He's, just, he's an amazing trainer and an absolutely awesome bloke. I know whenever he comes over here, he's just a pleasure to interview. Interview, but it was a huge run by Haston slowly. He did make up a lot of ground on Jury, who led out of the boxes for Queensland trainer Tony Brett, like we mentioned. Haston slowly actually also finished second in the Group 1 Australian Cup. He's now made more than $210,000 from his 
29 start career. And like you mentioned, Trent, for Kennelmate Mapunga Blazer, the news wasn't that great. He broke the track record over the 520 at Albion Park in the heats the week before, but he unfortunately sustained a back muscle injury in the final. Now, all of the Britain camp were really upset about this, but retirement, or well, Jeff assures me retirement, is not on the cards just yet. He's turned, he's just turned three, so there is plenty of time. And I suppose rest and recovery is what our Mapunga Blazer will be doing for the next six weeks or so. Yeah, absolutely. We look forward to seeing Mapunga Blazer back on the track. He's an absolute flying machine when he's uh, fit and firing. We also had the McKenna Memorial Heats at Sandown Park on Thursday night. Four heats of the Group 2 race. And uh, some fantastic racing out there. And the headline act, no doubt, Tornado Tears, who just does what he does best and win again. No, spot on, Trent. Tornado Tears, it was a brilliant win. He, he wasn't his usual get-out-and-go win. He actually had to work hard, come from behind. Things didn't go his way, but he did win it in impressive fashion. He actually dropped back in distance from breaking two consecutive track records over the 710 metres at Albion Park. And, look, some thought he might go close to Dinah Double One's 595-metre track record in his McKenna Memorial heat. It wasn't the case. In fact, he was he ran 34-12, which was the third quickest of the four heats. Other heat winners were Neo Cleo in 33.95, out of range 33.97, and Van Ann in 34.41. But couple of interesting facts just looking ahead to this Thursday night's final Neo Cleo if successful will deliver Gippsland trainer Robert Neoclius his biggest win in Greyham racing and one of the place getters big bang tears for Robert Britton ran an encouraging second behind out of range pretty good Greyhound this one spent a bit of time on the sidelines but won seven in a row in New South Wales last year and with a bit more fitness under his belt, he'll only get better. And Hecton Bale, of course, the Australian Cup winner, ran second in his heat, drawn box eight in the final. Now, that's the draw he won the Group 1 Australian Cup from way back in March. So, who knows? Sure uh, shapes up for an interesting final, Trent, and I believe you've got the tab market for the Memorial. It is going to be a ripping race on Thursday night. The Group 2 over the 595, 40,000 to the winner. Off the red, Van Ann for Joe Borg at $10. Number 2, Rockstar Patriot, Andrea Daly, 35, one of the outsiders. 3, Neo Cleo, Robert Neoclius at $4.40. 4, Tornado Tears, the favourite for Rob Britton, the superstar of Australian Greyhound Racing, $2.20. Can you believe it's been a long time since we saw Tornado's Tears start in the black? Five out of range, Shona Thompson, always hard to beat in these big races at $4.40. Six Big Bang, te- big bang Tears, the kennel mate of Tornado Tears for Rob Britton, $10.00. And seven, Azkaban, another one for Shona Thompson here at 21. And Hecton Bale, Andrea Daly, $8.50. The reserves are nine, Dinah Zesty at 14 and 10, Black Impala at 51. That is one hell of a field. It's going to be a ripping race out at Sandown on Thursday night. It's RSN 927's Off the Leash. Time now to chat to our special guest, and this morning it is Virginia Ray. Virginia co-owns a greyhound by the name of Chips and Trains. What an awesome name that is, who races in memory of her daughter Pippa, and uh, this dog races in WA, and Pippa unfortunately passed away in 2015. Virginia, welcome to the show. Hello, happy to be here, thank you. Hey Virginia, you're talking to Andrew Copley. Now, thanks for joining us on the show. Pippa was diagnosed with an aggressive brainstem tumour when she was just nine years old. Can you paint a picture for the listeners about what she went through over the the following couple of years? Uh, yeah, look, as soon as um, it happens, it's all system go. It's quite an urgent diagnosis that diagnosis that has to be has to be treated immediately. Um, 
she goes on courses of uh, steroids to reduce the swelling around the tumour, um, followed by, uh, as soon as possible, a, a course of radiation that's at full adult strength for seven weeks, every day for seven weeks. Um, and then that was concurrent with uh, some oral chemotherapy, and then we had 11 months of chemotherapy after that. And, and then later on down the track, we actually like to do some some more radiation therapy to, to prolong her life a little bit longer. Pretty tough road. Uh, I believe you guys did a bit of travelling to try and give Pippa some life experiences in her in uh, later months. Now, you went overseas a bit, went to WA, Western Australia, where I believe you're related to one of the leading trainers over there in Linda Britton. And this is where Pippa got introduced into meeting some greyhounds and they played a big part in her life. Yeah, they did, Andrew. And, and look, I'll just say, I think, you know, people approach this sort of diagnosis very differently and everyone, um, you know, does what's best for them. And for us, it was about um, living like people was living as opposed to living like she was dying because that's, um, you know, that, that's going to happen. And, and so we chose to live live like she was living every single day and, and that's what we did. And, yeah, we did travel a lot um, and tried to create as many special memories and one thing that she did want to do was go back over to WA to see everybody. And she uh, she really loved Linda. They got along like a house on fire. She uh, used to give Chris a lot of cheek over there. Uh, but Linda and, and Pippa were very, very close. And from a very early age, Pippa would often be involved with the dogs and help Linda out over there. So it was terrific to be able to get back over to w and see my sister, WA and see my sister that lives over there who's married to Linda's brother. Um, and her family as well as Linda and Chris and everyone too with Pippa. Now, Virginia, it's Molly here. You did mention the many chores that Pippa did to help Linda out and I was lucky enough, well, I class myself as lucky enough to be able to to meet Pippa and see see her throughout these chores. But she did give a few of, or well, a lot of kennel names for the greyhounds. Now, two the greyhounds generally have two names, a racing name, which they get at around 18 months of age, and kennel names, which they have when they're born. Now, people gave kennel names to a number of very talented greyhounds, including Group 1 Sale Cup and Superstayers winner Star Recall, who she named Peter, with an A. And a special little greyhound, very close to my heart, gone to heaven, who Pippa named Jelly. Now, Pippa left one race name before she passed, and that name is Chips and Trains. Virginia, can you tell me where this name came from and how you chose this special blue pup? I'll just say, Molly, before you say that, you are very lucky to have met Pippa, and everybody who has met her has a very similar story. And it's just, you know, not just about her as a nice little girl, but also just her... Um, you know, inside as well. She was just an incredible human being. But those two girls that you mentioned, Peter is a little girl that she went to kinder with. And Jelly, I'm assuming, is named after the one and only famous Jelly Slice that she used to pick up from Gran and Poppy's house every time we went to and from Melbourne. Uh, <laughs> Gran and Poppy being Alan and Margaret Britton. So uh, <laughs> there's just a little bit of an insight to those because I think everyone who was a friend of hers at school or kinder got a, a dog named after them. Chips <laughs> um, <laughs> and Trains has come about because there was another dog, a, a little pup, that was named uh, Amias and he is a little two-and-a-half-year-old he was at the time when Pippa was diagnosed and he was quite upset when she used to have to travel, travel to hospital and live away from home and he would send her video messages and say that he just wants her to come home and can he 
please come around and play with her trains and eat her chips. Um, Amias was a, uh, a puppy named in, in Linda's kennel, but he never got to race. So, uh, yeah, after Pippa passed, um, Linda decided that we might name a dog uh, Chips and Trains if it gets to racing. We chose a pup and, um, yeah, he's got to racing. So he's now called Chips and Trains after Pippa. Yes, and I have a beautiful photo um, that you'd sent me of Chips and Trains when you first met him. How did you choose him initially? Because there are a few pups in the litter. Molly, it's just because he was so cute. <laughs> there was honestly no science behind it. <laughs> we, happened to, we happened to be over there and um, Linda called me and said, we've just had some pups born, I think, that for Pippa, and Pippa had passed away um, at that time, um, by that stage, and she said, I think Pippa would like you to come out and see them. So we went out about 11 o'clock at night and they were six hours old. And they were just so tiny and so cute. But this one just kept running around and he had this little white tip on his tail and it was um, dark inside. They have a shipping container and, you know, the lights were low and there was lullaby music playing and it was nice and warm. And and he just kept, you know, running around and and his tail kept catching the light. So Mm -hmm. he just kept catching my eye. No, he sounds very special. But fast forward a little bit now, and Chips and Trains has had six starts for three wins in Western Western Australia for trainer Chris House. Now, Chips and Trains isn't just racing in memory of Pippa, though. He's also raising, uh, racing to raise much-needed funds. Yes, and, and look, that was Linda's um, idea as well. So Linda and Chris wanted to do that. And uh, look... 20 years ago, um, Alan Britton raced a dog called Eight West and that dog um, bought the first sleeping chairs in hospital rooms in the Royal Children's Hospital. So any parent that's been into the Royal Children's Hospital would know how important those chairs are and that dog actually bought the very first ones of those in the hospital. So Linda wanted to, um, to race a dog in memory of Pippa and she wanted proceeds from the winnings to go to research into paediatric brain cancer. Yeah, they are a very special family. But another special person, Peter O'Neill. He's one of Australia's best race callers in my eyes. And he's been a huge supporter of Chips and Trains and he's really helped spread the word about Pippa's story. Virginia, were you shocked by the impact and spread Pippa's stories had through Peter O'Neill and the greyhound racing industry? He's just an incredible person, isn't he? He's just been so... Um, beautiful through all of this. And when I say through all of this, he's only known me since, uh, well, the start of June. It was at the end of May, I think, was Pippa's first race. Um, so, yeah, he's um, got on board, I guess, for want of a better word, um, got on board Chips and Trains. And he's, you know, read up on Pippa and he's, um, he feels like he, he knew her, which I guess a lot of people who haven't had the chance to meet her once they read her story and see some of the photos, you really are captivated by her. And I think, you know, her personality shines through and he's just grasped that. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, he's just one of these people that just does so much good and is just an incredible person himself. So. Virginia, unfortunately, we have to leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us and sharing uh, Pippa's story and uh, everything around uh, chips and trains. And we wish you all the best with the dog. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Molly. Bye. Bye. Fantastic story there. Let's uh, recap Chips and Trains' uh, maiden win now from earlier this year. 
Racing, Chipson Trains a little bit slow to begin, but now starts to muster around the outside, going to the lead was O'Neill Manelli and Chipson Trains looms up around the outside, he hits the front now, O'Neill Manelli is second and then followed by right hand man, down the back straight was anyone's guest, second last, Hello I'm Kevin, Hello I'm Bugsy, last of all, along the back, Chipson Trains the leader, out by five lengths on O'Neill Manelli, then followed by red right hand, in behind them was anyone's guest on the corner, Chipson Trains, Little Pepper, she's smiling down on us tonight at Cannington and Chipson Trains wins on debut. Second, O'Neill Manelli. Third in anyone's guest. Then followed by... Oh, great win there. No doubt a, a special call there. Uh, and I believe Chips and Trains has got uh, his own social media account, Molly. He sure does. Now, he is on Instagram. So if you look for Chips and Trains, you'll get all the updates and his replays provided by Virginia. But you can also find the story I wrote on Chips and Trains in the latest issue of the Greyhound Monthly magazine, which you can read online through the GRV website, which is grv.org.au. All right, uh, time is getting away from us, guys. We need to get cracking here. The watchdog, Andrew, had another big night at Sandown Park on Thursday night. Six out of 12, if you don't mind. Very good effort there by the watchdog, Trent. Sandown, arguably the toughest race to pick winners, but picking half the cut was sensational. And I'll tell you what, a couple of these winners, Van Ann paid $7.70 after the watchdog marked her at $3.30. And another big winner was Slingshot Hammer, who paid $6.30 after the watchdog had marked him at $2.80. So download all your free form guides, including the Watchdog's expert selections on Victoria's 23 Greyhound Race meetings held each and every week, simply by Googling the Watchdog. Molly, time for Litter of the Week. Which litter have you identified for us this time around? The Dyna Double One Lizzie's Memory um, Litter. They were born in January 2018, which makes them around six months of age. There were eight pups born, four dogs and four females. There are only four females left for sale. Jordan Cooper is the breeder and is selling the pups for around $6,000. Lizzie's memories at first litter to Cosmic Rumble. She threw Cranbourne Cup winner Crackerjack Chock, who recently retired, and I've got a feeling that's why the dogs are gone in this litter so far. And uh, Gap Dog of the Week is a greyhound called Safi. What can you tell us about Safi? Safi is a four-year-old black female. She raced under the, under the name Avatar T- um, Tessie. She's at se- she had seven starts for one win at Bendigo. She spent a little bit of time in foster care to help her adapt to life as a pet. The Gap staff describe her as a happy and playful girl who just loves to do zoomies. <laughs> and they do tell me she'll be fine in a home with another large dog and with children over the age of eight. But if you're interested in giving Safi a home, make sure you contact Gap. And look, like we mentioned last week, our next adoption day will be at Warrigal on Sunday, August 5. And I believe there'll be around 28 dogs available for adoption. Make sure you get out and check it out. You won't regret it, that's for sure. Guys, that is the end of the show. How time flies when you're having fun. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it all again next week. Thank you. Thanks, Trent. Want to hear Off the Leash again? It'll be up on iTunes, on Facebook and on the podcast page at rsn.net.au.